that parable by focusing on what is rich and what matters to God. Not what is rich and matters to us here on earth, but because this earth is all passing away. So, well, what is it that's rich in what matters to God? And what's rich and mattering to God is the love of God and the love of neighbor as God loves us. And these aren't love isn't something that we can see or touch, but it's something that's very real and we all understand it because it's there. All right. So what would this love of God and this love of neighbor look like? Well, it wouldn't be greedy. And so this is a thing that the Lord is using about this man who's greedy about his produce and building an extra barn and all of this. And that can all be washed away overnight. So the Lord is warning us against greed. And I think that some of us struggle with greed. Um, I think it's maybe not sort of consciously understood that way, but maybe more shopping than we need to. More time on the internet shopping for clothes than we need to, or shopping for clothes in department stores, or, or a man who's going to work seven days a week just because he's got nothing better to do with his time, and there's nothing like just bringing in more and more money, even though it's not really needed. But these kinds of things. But then other people too would say, well, that's not even my thing. But I want to bring some things into perspective that might help us, and then I'll be done. It'll be, I think, a shorter homily than usual for me. Uh, this. That right now, we are the wealthiest people in the history of the world. So the United States of America in 2022 is wealthier than any people that have ever lived in the history of the world. So go back to kings 200 years ago. Kings 200 years ago did not have automobiles. They did not have planes to fly around in. They didn't have heating in the winter. They didn't have air conditioning in the summer. They didn't even have refrigerators. They had no microwaves. They had no washing machines or dryers. The reality is we just live so much better than the wealthiest most powerful people that ever lived in the history of the world. We are stinking rich compared to all the people who lived before us. Now, not everyone in the world is that way. There are some people who really struggle with hunger in places like maybe Africa, places in Asia, etc. But in this country, we are super rich. No people have ever existed in the history of the world where the problem with food is obesity. It's not hunger, it's obesity. So, with that as perspective, maybe we can back up and fly a little higher and get to 10,000 feet or 30,000 feet and see more of this landscape that we live in. I want to just bring up a few things and then just something to kind of just ruminate and think on and that might just kind of take us out of our sort of paradigm that we live in, this paradigm of kind of entitlement. One is that the government keeps spending money, spending money worth $30 trillion of debt. How did we get there? How is it that the Democrats and Republicans keep voting for more and more spending and never rating it in? It's because if somebody said, I'm going to cut the military budget in half, or I'm going to cut this entitlement in half, or the public schools are going to get half the amount of money, then we just vote those people out of office. As soon as we get something, we think we're entitled to it, and we'll never cut it back, even if we can't afford it, even if we're spending more money than we're bringing in. 
None of you would be in debt at 130% of what your value is. So if your house, your home, and your car, and your washing machine, and everything you own equals $500,000, that's everything you own, and you have a job for $50,000 a year, and you're in debt for $700,000, realistically, you'll never pay it off. So now I guess your children are going to have to pay it off, and maybe even your grandchildren. And that's what we've done with our national debt, is we've just decided, of course we're not going to pay it off. But our our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, they'll be happy to pay it off. No, they won't. They won't be any happier in paying it off than if the previous generation had saddled us with a debt to pay off. That's greed. That's just greed. We're spending more money than we're bringing in, and we think we're entitled to it. We're not. We're not. So that's one manifestation of it. Another manifestation of it is marriage. And I don't really think that we think of that, but most Americans of marriage age are not, are not married. Most Catholics of marriage age are not married. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. There's just the breakdown of marriage. There's the breakdown of family. There's the breakdown of society. But at its core is some form of selfishness, some form of greed. I need to take care of myself. I need to worry about my own self and my own, and not be bound to another for whatever that is. But somehow that's connected to selfishness and by extension greed. Then the next one is children. My grandparents' generation, they would have six, nine, 12 kids per family. This generation, if you get married, it's one, two, or three kids. Why not six, nine, or 12? And you'd say, well, I can't afford that. Really? I started by saying we are the wealthiest people who have ever lived in the history of the world. My grandparents' generation were cooking with wood stoves, one income. And maybe the clothes was very limited. Sunday clothes and then school clothes and work clothes. That was three cents. And you lived with that all year long. And if you were an adult, you might not have even had to have bought clothes for years, let alone shoes all the time. So there's another manifestation of ultimately greed. I'm not having children because they would impose upon my wealthy lifestyle. And yet we don't think like that. But in the eyes of God, he's like, what's wrong with this generation? Why isn't it having as many children as it can? It's wealthier than any generation that's ever lived since Adam and Eve. Because without us knowing it, we became a very selfish generation. I look around this neighborhood and I see all these big houses, two-story houses everywhere. And I'm saying, where are the kids? There should be kids playing in the street with houses this big. But instead, there's just two people living in a two-big-story house, two-story big house. And it's not that there was an intention to be selfish or anything, but it's just that, man, we're rich. We certainly don't need, you know, a five-bedroom house for a married couple that really only need one bedroom for themselves. And I think, again, going back to my grandparents' generation or my great-grandparents' generation, 
where there might be three rooms in the whole house. We've just become so wealthy and we don't share, do we? And lastly, tithing. There's just exhibit A of something that's objective and empirical that God is so generous and he gives us this universe with a trillion galaxies and trillions and trillions of planets and stars. And, and he gives us heaven besides and then the earth and the air we breathe and this beautiful weather right now and, uh, and this building and our livelihoods and all of that. And he says, I am so generous you can keep 90% but 10% belongs to me, and we barely give them one. If we don't think that we're greedy, maybe we can reflect on those examples that I just gave and think to ourselves, maybe I am. Maybe I am a little greedier than I thought I was. Maybe I am a little more selfish than I thought I was. I don't need all of those things. And it wasn't that I meant to be greedy or to acquire or just to squirrel them away and not share or anything, but, but maybe I just haven't been thinking with the mind of God. And maybe I, I should start trying. Finally this, to be grateful. To be grateful for what we have. You know, we always, and I know we're in the 24-hour news cycle with the internet and cable news and talk radio and all of that. Uh, we're just 24-hour vomit cycle is what it is. But in there, there's this constant, you know, sort of like, uh, we don't have enough. We don't have enough. We need to do this. We need to do that. We've got so much. We've created a Ponzi scheme in which the national debt will crash us. And I'm not even talking about personal debt. Mortgages and car loans and credit cards and college loans to pay off and Holy cow. Somewhere along the line, we lost sight. And I do think that we became greedy. And I don't think that that was our intention. I just think it happened, slowly but surely. Remember what matters to God. What matters to God is our virtue. And if you don't know what that is, investigate that word. Investigate what the virtues are. Last Lent, we had that wonderful book on the virtues. But then pursue God, love of God and love of neighbor and the precepts in our prayer life and devotional life, etc. And when those things are happening for us, then I think that all of the vices, whether it's greed or envy or lust or laziness or anger or whatever it might be, that they all start becoming revealed to us. We start seeing them. And then we start eradicating them. And we start then storing up treasure that will last for eternal life. And the only thing we'll take with us when we die is our soul. And one day our body will be reunited to our soul. But absolutely nothing, not even our marriages and our families do we take with us when we die. Nothing else is taken with us when we die. So please, store up for ourselves treasure in heaven by living a life of true love for God and true love of neighbor today.